The epistle lesson for this New Year's Eve service is from Romans chapter 8. If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died more than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We're regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And now I invite you to rise to hear the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel appointed for this service tonight is from Luke chapter 12, beginning at verse 35. Jesus said, Stay dressed for action and keep your lamps burning, and be like men who are waiting for their master to come home from the wedding feast, so that they may open the door to him at once when he comes and knocks. Blessed are those servants whom the master finds awake when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will dress himself for service and have them recline at table, and he will come and serve them. If he comes in the second watch or in the third and finds them awake, blessed are those servants. But know this, that if the master of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have left his house to be broken into. You also must be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for this evening's message is from Luke chapter 2, verse 21. It reads as follows. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise him, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. This word from our Lord is the text for this message tonight. Now, I know you're probably wondering, what does the circumcision and naming of our Lord Jesus Christ have to do with New Year's Eve and New Year's Day? Well, there's a very practical reason why I've selected this text for this evening's message, and it's this. The circumcision of Jesus occurred eight days after his birth. And so January 1st happens to be the eighth day since Christmas Day. So tomorrow is the circumcision of our Lord Day, according to our church calendar. And so there's that very pragmatic reason for that 
that I've selected it. But there's actually a more significant reason for my selection of this text. And that is that the circumcision and the naming of Jesus has meaning for our lives today and for the coming year and for all eternity. In comparison to the mayhem that normally accompanies New Year, New Year celebrations like that which takes place at Times Square, although it's going to be a much more reserved celebration tonight as no public crowds are allowed there, but when compared to those events in the past, our service, our New Year's Eve service, is really quite tame and some would even probably say dull. But appearances can be deceiving. For while the Times Square clock will soon tick down on 2020, and many of us will be saying good riddance to the year 2020, the clock will begin to tick on a new year and on a new decade. We gather and worship tonight to gain a firmer grip on the timeless truths that God gives to us in His Word. We gather here tonight to hear the enduring, life-giving Word of God and to receive the Holy Supper of our Lord, the very body and blood of Christ, which He says is a foretaste of the party that awaits us when the ball of death descends on our earthly existence and we begin to live a new, everlasting life in the Lord's presence. It's futile to try to stop the relentless march of time. As the hymn writer Isaac Watts expresses, time like an ever-rolling stream soon bears us all away. We fly forgotten as a dream dies at the opening day. Or as we said in our service earlier when we were reading from Psalm 90, our days may come to 70 years or 80 if our strength endures, yet the best of them are trouble and sorrow, for they quickly pass and we fly away. Is it true that we will be forgotten like a dream? The sermon text states, on the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise him, he was named Jesus. Joseph and Mary are fulfilling the law. Every Jewish male child is to receive the mark of the Lord's covenant by the shedding of his blood. And it's on this occasion, when he is circumcised, that a Jewish child is given his name. So think of it. At eight days old, our Savior sheds His first droplets of blood in fulfillment of the law. Our Lord is also given His name. Now, the name Jesus is an ordinary name, as Jewish boys' names go. But when attached to Mary's child, the name Jesus takes on superlative significance. Remember what the angel Gabriel said to Mary before she conceived her firstborn? Fear not, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You will be with child and will give birth to a son, and you're to give him the name Jesus. And he will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High God. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob, and his kingdom will never end. Similarly, 
An angel of the Lord announced to Joseph in a dream, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Jesus. Jesus, who plays, as Luther says, in the lap and at the breasts of his most gracious mother, is the eternal Son of God made manifest in the flesh. Jesus is the one who perfectly obeys the law for us. Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice through whom we receive the forgiveness of sins and success over death. All the punishment that we deserve for violating God's law is suffered willingly, patiently, and thoroughly for us by Jesus on the cross. Jesus endures the rabbi's circumcision scalpel and a Roman cross for you and me. Jesus is the King. He is the King whose reign never ends. As important as Jesus' death is to our salvation, so is His resurrection from the dead and His ascension into the glories of heaven. Jesus is mightier than our greatest enemy, death. And why would we expect anything less from Jesus since He is the Son of the Most High God? Had it not been foretold in Old Testament times that Jesus would establish a kingdom that never ends? And has St. Paul not said of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ of His reign, God exalted Jesus to the highest place and gave Him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now, the year 2020 can't end soon enough. There has hardly been a more difficult year in recent memory. The wounds and the scars of 2020 will be with us well into the future. But there seems to be some hope that some entertain. There seems to be this hope that maybe we've turned a corner with the creation of the coronavirus vaccine. But do we still not find that our excitement and our anticipation for a sunnier year in 2021 jockeys with the fears and the trepidations that still stir in our minds and in our hearts? I mean, will the vaccines work? Will there be another strain of the virus that will cause further deaths and more lockdowns? And where will our newly elected leaders lead? Will they lead us for better or for worse? And what worldwide distresses will arise and unsettle our lives? And what natural disasters will wreak havoc? Will 2021 involve a move to a new community? Will it mean the termination of a job and the beginning of a new one? Will there be family troubles? Will there be health concerns? Will there be death? Will there be grief? And might 2021 be our last year living here on earth? How will we approach 2021 and the decade that lies ahead of us? Well, in the name of Jesus, that's how. By placing our faith in the one who was circumcised, who was crucified, and who was crowned as king for us. When I was a youngster, 
a potato chip company had a promotion. In every bag of potato chip, there was a seven-inch plastic figurine of a cowboy or an Indian, and it stood on a base. My brother and I, we wanted those plastic figurines, and so we begged our mom and our dad to purchase as many bags of potato chips as possible, and as we opened each bag and consumed each bag, we also got to add to our collection of figurines. These these plastic men were our treasured possession, but soon my brother and I began to fight over them. My brother claimed certain cowboys and Indians as his, and I made similar claims of ownership, and we fought about it, and finally, well, we decided that we should come to a peaceful solution on this matter. And so we agreed to have a draft of sorts. He would select his team, and I would select my team, and then we could put or print our initials on the bottom of our chosen figurines. And so that's what we did. And I got my team together, and once they had been all selected, I got out my permanent marker, and I put on the bottom of the, of the figurine, G.S. And with that, they became mine. They now had my mark of ownership on them. The name Jesus is not only given to Mary's child. We also have been given the name Jesus. Oh, I know that's not the name that you or I go by. But when we're baptized, we're baptized in the name of Jesus. Remember when the pastor said, remember what the pastor said as he poured water on your head. He said, I baptize you in the name of the Father and in the name of the Son and in the name of the Holy Spirit. When we are baptized, our Lord marks us with Jesus' name, using something far more durable than permanent ink. Our Lord marks us with the blood of Jesus. Our pastor, well, he traces his thumb over our forehead and our heart, and he tattoos Jesus' name on us. And he says, Receive the sign of the Holy Cross both upon your forehead and upon your heart to mark you as one redeemed by Christ the crucified. Jesus' name is inscribed on you and me. We belong to Him. To live our lives in Jesus' name means living a life of repentance, trusting in the child who shed His blood so that we might be reconciled to God. In Jesus' name we sing, Remember now the Son of God and how He shed His infant blood Rejoice, rejoice, with thanks embrace another year of grace. To live our lives in Jesus' name means living each day in God's grace, which involves unpacking the joy of what it means to live in grace, to live life and to love life as God gives it to us, and even to die as one who belongs to Jesus. To live our lives in Jesus' names means that we worship Him daily and dedicate ourselves to the study of His Word in community, to regularly eating and drinking Jesus' body and blood for forgiveness, for life, and for salvation. To live our lives in Jesus' name means that we manage life's ups and downs by being diligent in prayer, praying, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. To live our lives in Jesus' name means that we know that we will not fly forgotten as a dream at the opening of the day. For if God is for us, who can be against us? Yes, tribulations will come. Yes, distresses will 
get us down. Yes, our sin will taunt us and hold us guilty. And yes, even death itself will ever be stalking us, but nothing, none of those things, not even a sinister-like corona-type virus, nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. To live our lives in Jesus' name means that we give thanks to God. That we give thanks to God for the gift of family and friends and for home and food and clothing and medicine and our church family. And the list could go on and on. To live our lives in Jesus' name means that we speak. That we speak of His love to our family and our friends and our neighbors and schoolmates and co-workers for they so desperately need to hear the name of Jesus and to have His name marked on them so that they too live in God's grace and love and mercy. To live our lives in Jesus' name means that we do acts of service and love for our neighbors. And to live our lives in Jesus' name means that whatever we do, whether it's in word or deed, we do it all in Jesus' name to the glory of God our Father. As the year 2020 comes to an end, many people will make a sad and lonely transition from this year to the next. The usual custom of getting together with family and friends to welcome the new year is canceled for the most part. The silence of this evening's parties is a reminder that it's been a very difficult, hard year. But friends in Christ, despite the challenges of 2020, we can rejoice and give thanks to God for this past year because it's another year of living in God's grace in Jesus' name. And now looking ahead to a new year and even to a new decade, we can anticipate another season of living in God's grace in Jesus' name. As the angel announced to Mary and Joseph, fear not, so our Lord announces the same to you and me. We need not fear what lies ahead. We need not even fear our own death. For one day when we do die, we will die as we have lived. In God's grace. In the name of Jesus. Amen. And now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus this year, next year, as long as the Lord gives you life here on earth. Amen.